my notes out today because we've got um, some we got some stuff to cover. Um, how is everyone? First of all, yeah. Let's take a sec to introduce yourself to your neighbor really quick if you have not already. podcast at all um oh good yay so so do I and I know not everyone does and sometimes she's like I I've called her for years the meditation teacher that doesn't know who I am (laughs) like she's taught me so much about meditation and presence and loving awareness and how to be with myself right um until I wrote I did write her an email once and I was like come to Oregon and her team wrote back and said maybe <laughs> and then for like a year I was like <laughs> and then nothing happened. <laughs> That's the end of that story. Um but she talks very often about um something that she calls the three refuges. And she's a Buddhist meditation teacher, so the languaging is a little and sometimes the definitions are a little bit different. But essentially it's the places that we can go to the refuge for when we start to feel disconnected and lost from ourselves. Right. And I don't know about you, friends, but 2020 has been um, the feeling of it to me in my body and with what is presenting itself in my life has been a little bit like my energy feels dispersed. Right. And I have been feeling that connection of that feeling of disconnection from the truth of who I really am. Um, And the three refuges, as she defines them, the first one is awareness which I would also add, um, you can define as spirit or love or witness consciousness, but consciousness, that waking up like um, being aware, right? Resting in our own awareness. And the second one is um, dharma, which we're going to talk a little bit more about. We've been talking about it a lot this week, but I had sort of a discovery around it that I'm excited to share with you, which is how yoga is. Yoga is the best. It's like you are a forever student if you're into this. It never ends, right? Um, And then the third refuge is community. You take refuge in your sangha and coming here. Allie and I were just talking about um, she wasn't coming for some months and the feeling of like, oh, wait, this is the place that helps me to be at ease with myself. This community, these people, these teachers, even just this, like, weird-ass loft (laughs) with all the plugs everywhere, you know? When I walk in here and I take class, I feel that sense of coming back to the truth of who I really am, just from feeling supported by everyone. Um, And then there is what Tara calls the false refuges. And are you excited? Are you kind of like, what are they? <laughs> I am. Um, and the false refuges are are the, the ways in which, okay, something bad happens, right? And there's a way sometimes when something bad happens or we feel that just sense of like something's not right, that we will disconnect from our awakeness and go unconscious, right? And move into habitual ways of being, and there's lots of, this is how, why it's very individual, because you probably have your very specific one that you do. And there's, there's like um, addiction, 
uh, moving right into like eating disorder landscape, judgment, blame, um, I don't know, busyness. Like that's a big one, I think, that we're actually talk about. And for me, the one that I've been thinking about a lot in this year as the obstacles have been presenting themselves on the path and the energy has been feeling a little bit dispersed is the desire to fix it. Does anyone um, identify with that? Like when something feels a little bit off, you're like, I can probably fix this. You know, I can just handle it. I can do it. Um, And that's just another way of exiting and going unconscious is that desire to fix it. And this is where I know it kind of sucks, right? Because <laughs> it seems useful at the time, right? But it's this is where Dharma comes in. Okay, so Tara defines Dharma as being with the truth of what is, right? And I heard this and I was like, yes, and. And I knew that my teacher, Menorma, had at one point given me a definition of Dharma. And so I went through all of my notebooks. <laughs> And I literally had to go back to the first time I had ever sat with her a decade ago to find this. But I remembered this little sentence about Dharma. We went back to the first notebook. And there it said, Dharma, where is it, is that which supports us. So we have this mix then, right, of Dharma being the truth of what is and then Dharma being that which supports us. And I was like, wait a minute, what if the truth of what is, is actually that which is supporting us? I was like, it's a combo. It's a both and, right? And if you think about this, it's kind of like a little bit wordy. Are you kind of like, wait, what'd you just say? (laughs) Let me repeat it. (laughs) The combo Dharma platter is (laughs) that which supports us is resting in the truth of what is not fighting against what is happening, which then leads us to trust, right? And my friend Tyler recently said to me, he said, trust and healing have become synonymous for him lately. And I was like that, you know, when someone says something and it like hits your heart and you're like, oh, that feels big, right? And so to be able to work with this definition of Dharma, we have to trust that the universe has plans for us that we can't necessarily understand right in this moment, that the truth of what is happening right now is in service to us, is actually supporting us, and that we don't need to fight or fix against it. Make sense? I recently had, um, I used to own a restaurant, Junior's Cafe. It's on 12th and, uh, what is that street? Like Hawthorne, (laughs) the street I grew up on. (laughs) It's on 12th and Hawthorne. (laughs) Um, just kind of like around the corner. And there was an employee there. Um, his name was Miguel, and he did not work for me for long because he had a pretty intense addiction problem and ended up showing up for w- late for work one Sunday, like super coked up and like yelling at me, like as I was serving all by myself because he didn't show up. And it was really, really intense, and he obviously lost his job. Um, he wrote me, this is crazy, you guys, on the Facebook, which I never go on anymore, <laughs> but I just happened to go on, and he, right now, is working his steps, wow. and, like, this is so long ago that this happened, 
admitted he had stolen money from me, which I kind of always suspected but didn't really know, (laughs) and is now paying, he paid me back. He PayPal'd me. Yeah, but think about this in relationship to what we're talking about. He is standing in the truth of what happened and what is and making his amends, being completely connected to the truth. And do you know what the result was? Is that now, like, I I was like, oh, my God, healing is possible at any moment. Never write anyone off. That's what I thought. I was like, at any moment, any of us, it's possible for any of us, A. And then B, he was like, oh, my God, thank you for letting me pay you. Because now... Right? Because he gets to make reparations and be in connection with the truth, and there isn't that dissonance. There's not that disconnection anymore. Right? And then the connection between us is smooth and repaired. We're not going to be best friends, um, probably, but maybe, who knows? Anything is possible. But, there, but there's been, like, by being in the truth, there's been that repair. And it feels so, so, it just felt so powerful to me. Does that help to, like, bring it alive? It's kind of a dramatic story, but dramatic stories are usually the best teaching stories. (laughs) Um, So, which brings us to, like, the how, because all of this is, like, great. I'm going to be with the truth of what is. I'm, am I doing it? (laughs) You know? Like, I think I felt it for a moment. Um, so the hows, it's, for me, it's just constant, constant practice, right? Um, and the first one is to catch ourselves when we go unconscious, right? To catch ourselves when we start to move in those habitual ways and beginning to know and study and really like be interested in what our habitual ways of being are. Yes? Makes sense. That's step one. And when we catch ourselves, instead of being like, oh, no, I'm doing it again. I'm the worst. Can we instead hold space for it? And be like, oh my gosh, like as if you were your own child. Like, look at you being so human. You're driving me nuts. (laughs) You know? Affectionately holding space. And what happens when we affectionately hold space for something, friends? Even when it's not, I'm I'm not asking rhetorically, I'm asking for real. What happens? When there's, this is, this is not holding space. I'm all rigid and grippy. This is holding space. What's the difference? What happens? Get affection back. Grow. Get affection back. Compassion. Compassion. Yes. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Healing. Truth. All the things. Right? And so that's it. Catching, holding that space for ourselves affectionately. Right? Um, and then choosing again. We get a different. We get a choice all the time. We get to choose again. Um, and then. When we catch ourselves going unconscious, there's a good chance that we're creating new brain patterns, as science tells us, so that we won't do it necessarily so, like, instinctually the next time, right? We change the way that we move in the world. And then that's the best part, is that when that starts to happen, then we have to start being able to notice, like, oh, I'm feeling connected. I'm feeling gratitude. I'm feeling bliss. I'm feeling all of these things because we have that negativity bias where we want to hone in on like what's wrong and bad and why don't I belong, right? We want to hone in on that. And so we have to practice honing in and being present with our gratitude, with our bliss, with our joy, with that loving connectedness we can feel with our own awareness. Yeah? So those are the steps. I think that's how we make it practical and, and make it alive in our life rather than just something where we're kind of like, are we, am I doing it? 
that I connect with my own loving awareness, you know? Because <laughs> all those ways, when we catch ourselves, hold space, and then notice and maybe not go unconscious the next time, all of that is being present with our loving awareness. You are doing it, right? Um, okay, practice is going to be really fun. I'm excited. Bring your hands to your heart center.